this is ignite in the book of um, Colossians 3 um, from verse 12 to 14 it says and I'm gonna read from the uh, message translation and the message translation says so chosen by God for this new life of love dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you compassion kindness humility quiet strength discipline be even tempered content with second place quick to give an offense forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you and regardless of what else you put on wear love it's your basic all-purpose garment never be without it father we thank you we give you all the glory we give you all the praise so quickly i've um, titled this message put on love put on love love is like an overcoat that you put on god is love without you having an understanding of how to put on love it becomes very difficult to succeed in this christian work the christian work has a solid foundation and that foundation is love for god so loved the world john 3 16 that he gave his only begotten son in the message translation it says that god so much so loved us so much this is how much god loved the world in order to show how much he loves the world he gave what was precious to him he gave his son his one and only son and this is why so that no one no one needs to be destroyed no one needs to go to hell by believing in him anyone can have a whole and lasting life in god it's important love is the foundation of anything and everything that you're going to do in life without love you cannot move forward and sometimes when we talk about love it looks so it doesn't look real to us because there are so many things that Instagram has taught us that love is. So you see someone on your Instagram page that has, um, oh no, it's me, my boyfriend. They have this lovely life, lovely marriage, but it's all lost, not love. Couple of months down the line, you find them fighting, you find, and you're like wondering, is this what love is but no love from what we have read the two scriptures we have read colossians 3 12 to 14 and john 3 16 it's very clear love is a dress that we put on in your wardrobe for instance you have so many garments but there's one garment that is your all-purpose garment who can tell me what that garment is the one that is your all-purpose 
We're in winter. Let me give you an hint. Can you go somewhere without that all-purpose? What's the name of that garment? Hey, smart. Your winter jacket. That is your all-purpose garment. You are never without it, especially at this time of the year. That's what love is. When you put on love, it's the basic thing that you need to have. Love, the romantic love, and love against your you know, friendship love and all that stuff. But let me backtrack, and I'm not going to take our time. We know so much about love. God is our example of love. The Bible says very clearly that God is love. Full stop. God is love. Everything God does, as we saw in John 3.16, is based on love. But let's go back to putting on love. How do we do that? I'm going to give us three points quickly so that we can round up and we can go into other things. Three things. The first one, how do we put on love? How do you put on love? And then I'll go into practical ways that we can put on love. The first one is, bear with one another. Forgive one another. So the first quote that you put on, on these layers of love, is forgiveness. Be quick to forgive so that your, your heavenly father can forgive you as well. If you say you have love and you don't love the people that you see, you have never seen God before. How many people have seen God? Is he yellow, purple, pink? You've seen him before. If you say that you love God and you don't love the people that you can see, the Bible says you are a liar and the truth is not in you. Because the very first test of love is for you to love the people that you can, you can see. Then we can talk about you loving God. When you say you love God, then you must love people. And so the first thing is, in order for your love to sit on a firm foundation, you have to cultivate the attitude of forgiveness. The robe of forgiveness has to be an easy thing that you put on. Forgiveness is always very traumatic sometimes because it hurts so much what that person has done. But then if you live by the tenets of this Bible, you need to learn to forgive no matter how difficult it might sound to you. And so if anyone has a form of complaint against you. You need to put on love and act like your father in heaven did when he sent his only begotten son. Love is very important. One other thing that I need you to note before I move on on that forgiveness is if you put on love, the Bible says in this scripture that we read that the dress in your wardrobe that God has picked out for you, if you believe God. How many people believe God? 
The rest don't. How many atheists? Atheists? You never can tell. You never can tell. But God loves everyone. God loves everyone. What he doesn't love most times is our lifestyle. But that he loves you, he loves everybody. No matter how demonically possessed that you might think they are. But God is admonishing you and I that one thing that he wants from us is the dress in our wardrobe should be number one, compassion. You have different outfits. You remember what we said about the all-purpose garment? But before you put on the all-purpose garment, there are different layers that you will have put on before we get to that all-purpose garment. True? Okay. And so God is telling you and I that before we get to that all-purpose garment, which is love, you need to put on, pick out this and put it on. The first one is compassion. Compassion means you're merciful. You are compassionate. You have empathy. You put yourself in other people's shoes before you come to a conclusion. And the next thing he says is kindness. Quiet strength. You know, quiet strength, I like that because it's meekness. You, you have your strength under control. There are certain things that you could do based on what some person had done to you, but you choose not to. That is a quiet strength. You are in control of the situation. You are not reactive. You are proactive. That is quiet strength. You have a staying power that regardless of what this, my friend, has done to me, I'm not going to react that way because that is not Christ-like. God is asking you, to put that on. He's picking that outfit for you. He's picking out the outfit of discipline. What does that mean? To have a staying power to do your devotion, to pray, to do all the tenets, all the disciplines of being a Christian. It's not the time when, you know, you, you, it's time for your devotion. It's about 6 a.m. and you press your... Alarm, ma'am. And then 6.10, it goes off again. You go, boom. 6.30, bam. Quarter to seven. At seven o'clock, you have to get up. You have to get to the go station and all that stuff. And time is going. But then you've neglected one thing that is very important. God is love. You've neglected God that morning. And without you having any form of conversation with love, you become very irritable easily. It's a very simple mathematics equation. You've not done what you're supposed to do. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't have to be in the morning. You could do it in the evening. So that when you wake up, you just say like a five, ten minutes and off you go. But when you've not put on love, which is God, and you go into the world where there are wolves, 
ravenous wolves ready to devour you, you become very vulnerable. All because that morning you did not put on a very important all-purpose garment which is love, which is God. I'm preaching much better than how you are clapping. Don't you think so? Exactly. Exactly. I'm doing much better than how you are clapping. You're just doing like this. Oh, we should give the microphone to some of you to come and stand here. Prepare the message and come and share the word. Yeah? We should do that. We'll go row by row. God is love. We need to put on God. Very important. The other thing, and I'm going to stop with that, and I go to the next point. When you have put on God, it's easy to forgive. You are less irritable throughout the day. It's easy to choose the right thing. It's easy to make the right decision because now you're not just going naked. You have the outer garment, the all-purpose garment, which is love, which is, which is God. It's important, and you need to understand that. It goes on to say, be even-tempered. I've spoken about that. Be content with the second place. What that means in here is that don't push yourself forward. Let other people, let them take, you know, think about other people as well as when you're thinking about yourself. What does that mean? It says a rabbi came or a scribe came to Jesus and asked him a question. And the question was very simple. In Mark 12, um, 28 to 34. Mark 12, 38 to 24. Because sometimes when we, when we talk about love, we think about romantic love only. We don't think about agape love. We don't think about, you know, the love you have with your friends. You know, you love your friends. You want good things to happen to them. So one of the scribes came to Jesus and asked a question. Um, 30, let's go to 32. Mark 12, 32. Okay, he said, well. So the scribe said to him, well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth, for there is one God, and there is no other but he, but he. And to love him, so this is Jesus. He says, to love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your soul, and with all the strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. So this scribe came to Jesus and he said, you know, what exactly, this is me paraphrasing, does it mean by being content with the second place? Being content with the second place doesn't mean that you will not be first in whatever endeavor or assignment that you have in life. That's not what we are talking about. What we're talking about here is you prefer other people 
before yourself. What we're talking about here is like that scribe was asking the question. When the scribe was asking the question, he said, you know, how exactly do we go about this? And Jesus said to the scribe that two things you need to do. The first one is you need to love God because he's God. The second thing is you need to love your neighbor as you love yourself. The reason why you're finding it difficult to love your neighbor is because for most times you don't love yourself. It's easy to love your neighbor. He didn't say love your neighbor. If he had said love your neighbor and he stopped there, then we get it. But he's saying love your neighbor as you love what? So the starting point is what? Loving yourself first. That's the starting point. Not loving your neighbor. Loving yourself first. Having a healthy self-esteem. You having a healthy self-esteem is what is the reason why you will not do what is against this Bible. So I'm going to go into some... Yeah, should I? Okay, let's go. Let's go. Having a healthy self-esteem is the reason why you would not sleep with your boyfriend. Having a healthy self-esteem, because the word of God says so. The word of God is against fornication. Having, if you have a healthy self-esteem as a man, you will not touch that woman. I know that our hormones are raging. Yeah. It is. And you know what happens? Because you don't have, you don't love yourself. It's the only reason why you will tamper with another person who is your neighbor. If you love yourself and you actually have a healthy self-esteem, a healthy self-image, you will not touch that person because the word of God says so. What that tells me is the fact that you love God, you don't want to offend him. And because you don't want to offend him, you will do what he wants, which is, he says, fornication is what I am against. And you know what beats me? Because sometimes, when we, and I'm not, I'm not condemning anybody. If you know me very well, you know, if you're falling into that, let's walk through it. Let's not get there again. Let's keep moving. Let's ask God for grace and forgiveness. And let's move. So I'm not condemning you. I'm telling you how not to do it. Does it make sense? Okay. So if you love yourself and you have the healthy self-esteem, it's easy to love the other person. Do we agree on that? If, we, if you love the other person, then there are certain things you will not do. Because you love that person. Just like, you know, um, for some of us that have, you have pets or you have, 
I don't know. You have cars, yeah, for men, cars. For ladies, our lovely bags. There are some places that those bags don't go to. Right? If you're going, if you have a very expensive bag, for instance, or, you know, for some of us that we have very nice shoes, there are some days that, there are some places that those shoes, you don't just wear them. If it's, you know, you wear them to some very special places. When you love yourself as the other person, you love God, you love yourself as the other person, then there are certain things you would not do. Very simple. The hormones are raging. We get it. But God is able to help us to stem the storm. God is able to. It's tough. It's difficult. But when you make up your mind that that's the way you're going, God will help you. Praise the name of Jesus. You don't like me talking about that. It's the word of God. And I have the moral right to talk about that. I gave my life at the age of 19. So I was a student uh, believer. I was a student pastor. So I was on both ends of the spectrum. So I can say it. And God kept me. And God can keep you too. And in a place where you are falling, what we need is repentance. Because you know what? When it comes to this issue of fornication, one thing I've found out is, once that happened, for most part, even when they do get married, the marriage breaks. For most part. And if it doesn't break, they're just, um, they're tenants. They're co, what do you call them? What do you call it? They're roommates. They're married. They're not breaking the marriage, but they're roommates. All because they have done what is against God. Very simple. And very simple, you find out that for most part, the people that you've slept with, that's it. After some time, you become restless. They're not as valuable to you anymore. It's not a price procession anymore. God will help us. Hey, be alive. <laughs> Praise the name of Jesus. The second thing I want you to bear in mind that we've been speaking about, the second thing is put on love, which is the bond of perfection. So let me go to the third thing. The third thing that you need to pick from that scripture, Colossians 3, um, 12 to 14. The third thing you will notice is peace. It says, let the peace of God rule in your heart, to which also you were called in one body. So the first one, in order to put on this love, this all-purpose garment called love, the first thing is forgiveness. I've gone through what you need to do in order to um, gain forgiveness. There's repentance and all that in there. The second thing is love itself, which is you put on love. But the third and most important thing from that scripture is let the peace of God reign in your heart. For most part, the reason why we have a level of anxiety is because we are not walking by love. We're not going by what the Bible says. It says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. How is that going to be possible? 
that is going to be possible by three things very quickly. With every passion in your heart, love God. Love God with everything. That is the starting point. You want peace. You don't want to be anxious. The Bible says, do not be um, anxious about anything. But through prayers and supplication with thanksgiving, peace comes about. You need peace in every area of your life. You don't want to be anxious. You don't want to be depressed. There's only one way to do that. Three ways to do that. Number one is love God with all your heart. Have passion concerning things of God. That was what Jesus was telling the scribe in Mark 12, 28 to 34. You can go read that when you, when you get home. The second thing is, with all the energy of your being, with every thought within you, love God and love people. There's no shortcut to this. You have to love people. People will hurt you. I've had um, 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 uh, a pastor say, people are the problem, people are the solution. So whichever way, you just need to do what? Love people. You have to love people. People will hurt you. They will hurt you. In different ways, you will get hurt, but get over it. Don't stay put there and just say, oh, you know, it's just so bad. I cannot, I cannot know. Get over it. Talk to the person if you, if you can and let them know that this is how you're feeling. I'm really hurt about this, but please get over it. Don't stay on it. So the first one is love who? Love God. Have passion for God from the very bottom of your heart. The second one is with all your energy, with everything that you have got, love God and love people. There's no shortcut to it. The third one is with all your strength, with everything, your treasure, your talent, your, um, um, your person, everything, your time. Not only love God, love God, love people. But now with your treasure, with your strength, with your time, with everything that you have. In the book of John 14, 23, and I close on that. John 14, 23. If anyone loves me, what will he do? I can't hear you guys. What is the word? What's the word of God? What is the word? What does he mean? In the beginning was the word. And the word was? The word was with God. And the word, John 1.14. What does it say? Message translation. John 1.14. The word became what? And did what? It moved into the neighborhood. The word of God that you have Kept in your heart, it moves into your heart and it influences your being. The only reason why you are not influenced 
by the word of God is because it has not moved into your neighborhood. It's just in your head. It has not moved. It needs to move into your neighborhood before you become it. Praise the name of Jesus. John 14, 23, again. If a man loves me, he keeps what? He keeps my word. What does it mean to keep his word? Like I said, that word becomes flesh and it moves into the neighborhood. It moves into you. It becomes you. If any man loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and so on. But where I'm going is when a man loves Jesus, he will keep his word. What does it mean by keeping the word of Jesus? When you keep the word of Jesus, apart from it moving into the neighborhood, which it becomes part of you, it becomes something very important, which is intimacy with God. When you love God, it's like having intimacy with him. It's somebody that you talk to about everything and anything. And only then, and this is where I'm stopping now, when you love God and you keep his word, and his word in John 1, 14 moves into the neighborhood, it moves into your whole part, it becomes part and parcel of your life, you become it and you act it. It's only then that you can say one thing and one thing only, which is what we always want to say. Romans 8, 28. That we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are called according to his purpose. Let's read that in message translation. It's only when you understand that love, the love you have for God, the love that you have for people, then your own self-image is being developed. Your self um, uh, um, yourself is being developed. You are a different person because the Bible says you are a new creation. All things have become, all things have passed away and all things have become new. Let's start from the previous one. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in waiting, God's spirit is right along helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Well, okay, go back to that previous slide. Our wordless sigh, our aching groans, he knows, our f he knows us far better than we know ourselves. He knows our pregnant condition and keeps us present before God. That's why we can be sure. That is why he knows our lives. He knows everything that concerns us. And that's the only reason we can be sure that every detail in our lives, let's go back to that one, every detail, that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something beautiful, something good, something glorious. In the NKJV translation, it says it differently. 
It's only when you love God that you can have this, every details of your life. It brings every intricate details of your life that he knows about and everything works out for your good. Even your mistakes. Things that you, have, you think, oh, this is a mistake. Oh, why did I take that course? Oh, why did I get involved with this girl? Oh, why did I have this person as my friend? Oh, why did I do this? Why did I do that? Even your mistakes will work together for your good because you love God. God loves you. You're special to him. He loves you. It doesn't matter what's going on around you. God loves you. He loves you passionately. And all he's asking from you is to love him. The Bible says he loved us before we loved him. So all he's asking is that you love him back and you love people around you. And as you do that, things fall in place for you. Things will happen even without you praying about it. Because he's taking care of every details of your life. And your lives will never be the same again. In the name of Jesus. God bless you. <laughs> Praise the name of Jesus. Let's rise to our feet. I know that there's someone under the authority of my voice. You don't know Jesus. You don't know what he means. You've heard about him. People have spoken to you about him. But you don't have a personal, intimate relationship with him. You can't even say you love him. You don't know what love is about. But his love is shared abroad in, in our hearts once you get into that intimate conversation, intimate relationship with him. If you are that person, I just want you to step out quickly and I'm going to pray for you. There are some things in your life that you're looking at and things are just going, you're just living life. You're not even sure what the next, what tomorrow is going to hold. And even sometimes you are super suicidal. You don't even know. You just don't want to live this life anymore. And you're thinking, how can I be sure that God loves me? If you're that person, I want you to put your hand on your heart and just step out. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. And I know that all things will work together for your good. There are certain things that are going off course right now. But I have the assurance in God that all things will work together for your good as you step out to love God. Things will work out in a seamless manner. You had the, the, the testimony that we had. And so you belong to that category of people. I want you to just come out very quickly. God loves you. God loves everything about you. You need to love yourself. You need to love people around you. Don't be shy. Okay. I want to believe that every one of us where we have that special relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We know him as our Lord and Savior and we're living the life. 
And so I want to pray for you. You might be that person under the authority of my voice. Constantly, you don't know how to figure out life. It's like life is this long-drawn thing. You are anxious, you are depressed most times, and you are just thinking, how are things going to pan out? Because I really don't know what to do. If you are that person, please don't be shy. Just step out. I want to lay my hands on you, and I want to pray for you. You will never feel that again in the name of Jesus. You will never feel that again. God Almighty will heal your emotions. It will touch you in an unusual manner. It will bring about a change in your situation. It will bring about a change in your circumstance. You will hear a voice behind you saying this is the way walking it. You're not sure how life is going to turn out. You've tried so many things. And it just looks like life is just difficult to live. But it need not be so. And that's why you need to embrace the Lord Jesus Christ like never before. You are not one that does not put on that outer garment which is God, which is love. I'm going to pray with you. The Bible says do not be anxious about anything. But through praying and supplication with thanksgiving, make your request known unto God. I'm going to call another set of people. I'm going to pray for each and every one of you and I'll lay hands quickly. You will never feel that again in the name of Jesus. Life will be clear to you. Because the Bible says you will hear a voice saying this is the way walk in it. You will not be anxious. The next set of people I want to call out is you feel sometimes that you're hearing different conflicting voices. In your mind and you don't know what to do you hear different voices it's like one minute you want to do this the next minute you want to do that and sometimes you get super confused if you're that person please just come out quickly if you're that group of people just come out quickly confusion has come to an end in the name of Jesus you're hearing it's like somebody is talking to you and you're thinking to yourself no you're thinking, I really don't know which one to do. I don't know which one would be the right thing to do. You will not be confused in the mighty name of Jesus. Confusion has come to an end in your life. In the name of Jesus. You're going to put up your hands like this. And if you know this song, you can just come with me. I surrender all. You're going to surrender to Jesus. Romans 12, 1. You're going to make your body a living sacrifice to Jehovah God. Unto Jesus I surrender unto you. I freely leave. Ah. If you know that song, I need you to, 
to sing it out. Let God hear you. It's on the board. Can we put it somewhere where they can see it, please? Let God hear your voice. Surrender to him totally. An end has come to confusion. An end has come to anxiety, depression. In the name of Jesus. Let him hear your voice. I surrender all. I surrender all. all to Thee, my blessed Savior. I aloud once I say one, two, three, go. Romans 1 and 12, uh, 1 and 2. So I'm going to, I'm going to say it and then you're going to say it out loud because you'll surrender everything to the Lord Jesus Christ, but you are presenting your body and everything that is about you and your spirit man, you're presenting it as a living sacrifice unto God. And from that point, Satan is not able to touch you anymore. You understand it? And your mind, your, your mind is being transformed as you renew it in 
the word of God. That means as you go deep into the word of God, not just reading your Bible, but listening to tapes. And you will never remain the same. Confusion has come to, I'm going to lay hands on everybody quickly. Confusion has come to, end, to an end, but I want us to do this very quickly. One, two, three, go. Personalize it. Okay, stop, stop. Let me help you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. So you, when I say it, you say it after me. Father, Father, by the mercies of God, I present my body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to you, God which is my reasonable service i choose not to be conformed to this world i choose not to be conformed to this world i choose to be transformed by the renewing of my mind that i may prove and know what is good, what is acceptable, and what is the perfect will of God. In Jesus' name, amen. You will not be confused anymore. Needless thoughts that come from the kingdom of darkness, an end has come to it. In the name of Jesus, needless thoughts that come from the kingdom of darkness and end has come to it. In the name of Jesus, you will not be confused in the mighty name of Jesus. You're going to open your mouth now before I come and lay hands on us and you're going to say, you're going to pray that every demonic thoughts, every spirit of confusion that is oppressing your life, harassing your life. An end has come to it today in the name of Jesus. Let me hear you praying. Start praying. Every demonic thought, every harassment of Satan in my thought life, in my confidence, whatever it is that Satan is bringing, an end has come to it today in the mighty name of Jesus. It's a new beginning. I will not be oppressed. I will not be oppressed by the demonic spirit, by harmful thoughts from Satan. I will not be suicidal. You foul spirit of suicide, I command you, lose your grip over my life. Lose your hold over my life. You foul spirit of suicide, lose your grip. Spirit of confusion, let go of my life. In the name of Jesus, every oppression of the enemy, let go right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, I will not be suicidal. I will not be suicidal. I will not lose my mind. I will not lose my mind. You foul spirit that wants me to lose my mind, I command you, let go. In the name of Jesus, make sure that you're speaking out loud. It's very important. The devil you don't confront, you cannot resist. The Bible says resist the enemy. Resist Satan. 
Resist depression. Resist anxiety. Anxiety, leave me alone. Let go of my life. Let go of my body. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. You're still going to pray one warfare prayer and then I'll come and lay hands on you very quickly. The Bible says the axe is laid to the root. Anyone that can, you know, um, uh, media, look for that scripture for me. The axe is laid to the root. You are going to lay the axe. The axe is the word of God, the sword of the word. You're going to lay it to the root of depression, the root of anxiety, the root of confusion, Amless, um, um, ample thoughts that the enemy bring to you. You are going to lay the axe to it and by the power that is in the blood of Jesus, you are going to break every form of anxiety, depression, um, um, suicidal tendencies, whatever it is, you are going to break it into pieces in the mighty name of Jesus. Matthew 3.10, it says, even now the axe is laid to the root of the tree. Every tree that which does not bear good fruit shall be cut down and thrown into fire. So you are going to pray. I lay the axe to the root of, you mention it. I lay the axe to the root of, in the name of Jesus, be uprooted in the mighty name of Jesus. I lay, you know what it is that you are dealing with. Mention it and resist that thing. I lay the axe of Jehovah God to the root of depression, to the root of anxiety, to the root of suicidal tendencies. I lay the axe to the root of whatever it is. Bipolar, mental health issues. I lay the axe to it. Be uprooted in the name of Jesus. Mention that thing and ask it to be uprooted. Be uprooted in the mighty name of Jesus. An end has come to depression. An end has come to mental health issues. An end has come to blood pressure. An end, mention it, whatever it is that you are fighting. You are not able to, dyslexia, you are not able to retain what you have read. Mention it. An end has come to it. In the mighty name of Jesus. Make sure you are praying. I'm going to lay hands on you as you are praying. Make sure you are praying. That an end, when I lay hands on you, is to say amen to what you are saying. So make sure you are praying. An end has come to it. In the name of Jesus. 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 An end has come to it. In the name of Jesus. An end has come to it. In the name of Jesus. An end has come to it. In the name of Jesus. An end has come to it. Whatever that is, an end has come to it. An end has come to it. In the name of Jesus. An end has come to it. In the name of Jesus. An end has come to it. In the mighty name of Jesus. An end has come to it. In the name of Jesus. An end has come to it. In the mighty name of Jesus. Whatever that thing is, an end has come to it. If I've laid hands on you, you can go back to your seat. An end has come to it. In the name of Jesus. An end has come to it. Mention that situation. An end has come to it. In the mighty name of Jesus. Satan has been put to shame. In the name of Jesus. You have laid the axe to the root. An end has come to it. In the mighty name of Jesus. 
an end has come to it in the name of Jesus. An end has come to it in the mighty name of Jesus. An end has come to it in the name of Jesus. An end has come to it in the mighty name of Jesus. An end has come to it. An end has come to it. An end has come to it. Make sure you are praying. Whatever has got a name, there is a name that is above every name. And that name is the name of Jesus. At the mention of that name, every knee must bow, including depression, anxiety, whatever it is, it must bow. It must bow in the name of Jesus. An end has come to it. An end has come to it. An end has come to it. An end has come to it in the name of Jesus. An end has come to it in the name of Jesus. An end has come to it in the name of Jesus. An end has come to it in the name of Jesus. An end has come to it in the name of Jesus. An end has come to it in the name of Jesus. An end has come. An end has come to it in the name of Jesus. An end has come to it in the name of Jesus. is above every name the Bible says every knee must bow every tongue must confess that Jesus is Lord whatever the situation is it has got a name and because it has got a name an end has come to it because there's a name above every name the name of Jesus and so make sure you are praying I've come to just say amen to what you are praying. An end has come to it in the mighty name of Jesus. An end has come to it in the name of Jesus. An end has come to it in the mighty name of Jesus. An end has come to it in the name of Jesus. An end has come. An end has come to it in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. An end has come to it in the mighty name of Jesus. Let's give God all the glory. Whatever it is that you have come with that has a name, an end has come to it. So you are going to shout now. An end has come to you, to it. You mentioned that thing, and you say an end has come to it. One, two, three, go. You can do much better than that. In the mighty name of Jesus, as you have said, so shall it be. Thank you, Ignite, for having me.